0: you think I can find my favorite brand I'm not sure about it like I can't find my favorite brand like there are so many brands in the world that the podcast is being made but I can't find the perfect mind do you think you can find them well I'm not sure about it if you can help me with that welcome to behind the brand podcast Hello everyone and welcome to the 14th episode of Behind the Brand, where we uncover the captivating stories and origins of the world's most iconic companies. In today's episode, we are going to be diving into the fascinating world of, uh, let's say, a home decor brand, let's say, home care brand, no, we cannot say that, let's say, uh, I don't know how to say it, but it's very, very hard. But in today's episode, we're gonna talk about a brand that you might all know, and you have at least one product of them in your houses. And they are very famous, and you might know them by even looking at their logo. In today's episode, what's gonna be the brand? Of course, it's gonna be IKEA, the Swedish furniture giant that has revolutionized the way we think about home decor and our designing in our houses. i am be your host, Amir Ghajari in today's episode and we're going to be diving deep into the story of uh, Invar Kamprad, the fascinating CEO of IKEA, or let's say the founder of IKEA, and how he transformed the small business into a global phenomenon. And from assembling furniture into his backyard, creating a unique shopping experience, Kamprad's determination and creativity, we got to look at all of them throughout today's episode. So get ready to immerse yourself in the world of flat packed furniture, Swedish meatballs and the unique shopping experience that has captivated millions of people around the globe. So don't miss out on this captivating episode of Behind the Brand, hit that play button and join us on the exciting exploration of the story and origin of IKEA. So our story begins in the small Swedish village of Smaland, where Ingvar Kamprad was born in 1926. From a young age, Camprod demonstrated an entrepreneurial spirit and a knack for business. He started his first venture at the age of just five, selling matches to his neighbors. Little did he know that his early experience would plant the seeds for his future success in entrepreneurship and business. As a teenager, Camprod identified a gap in the market for affordable functional furniture. He noticed that people were often forced to choose between quality and price, and he saw an opportunity to change that with a clear vision in mind. Cambrot set out to create a company that would offer well-designed furniture at an affordable price, which in 1943, at the age of just 17, Cambrot founded IKEA, an acronym for his initials Ingvar Kamprad, taking the name of his family farm uh, Elmtariit, if I'm not sure, and the nearby village, Agunarit. So let's say it again, IKEA, I stand for Ingvar, K stands for Kamprad, E stands for Elmitarit, and A stands for Agunarit. Or oh, I'm not sure about it, We gotta see this Swedish pronunciation. Now, operating out of his uncle's kitchen, Kamprad began selling a range of products, including pens, picture frames, and small pieces of furniture. From the beginning, Camprod embraced a unique approach to business. He was a firm believer in frugality and efficiency driven by the desire to offer customers the best value for their money. So this led to the development of what would become one of the IKEA's defining characteristics, which was flat-packed furniture. Eventually, Camprod realized that by dissembling furniture and selling it in a compact packages, transportation costs could be significantly reduced so they can make it more accessible to the masses and more people by cheaper prices and less packaging. But Camprod faced several challenges along the way. In the early years he encountered the resistance from traditional furniture manufacturers who viewed his approach as a threat to the industry and Camprod preserved and continued to refine his business model. This was a big threat as other furniture stores and in the furniture industry they were seeing significant change as people would prefer going to a fast-forward, let's say, um, fast-selling furniture brand rather than going to the furniture store with higher prices looking for one hour and after that bike. So one of the turning points for IKEA became in 1956 when Camprad introduced the concept of self-assembly furniture. By empowering consumers to assemble their own furniture, IKEA not only reduced production costs but also tapped into a sense of pride and accomplishment that customers felt when they completed a piece themselves. This unique concept resonated with consumers and became a defining feature of the IKEA brand. So as IKEA gained traction in Sweden, Kamprad set his sights on international expansion, which included in 1963 the the first IKEA store outside of Sweden opened in Norway, the neighbour country, followed by Denmark in 1969. The company's distinctive blue and yellow logo began appearing in more and more countries as ikea's unique blend of affordability functionality and stylish design captured the heart of consumers worldwide so then we're gonna look in the ikea's global expansion and iconic brand identity so basically as ikea gained popularity in sweden the company set its sights on international markets more international markets which in 1973 the first ikea store outside of scandinavia opened So as we all know, it's pretty obvious. Scandinavian country means Finland, Sweden, Norway, Denmark. So out of those Scandinavian countries, the first country that Ikea opened was in Switzerland. This marked the beginning of a rapid global expansion that would see Ikea stores sprouting up across Europe, North America, Asia, and beyond. So one of the keys to Ikea's success in international markets was its commitment to adopting its products and stores to suit the local culture and preferences, recognizing that different countries had diverse tastes and living conditions. IKEA invested in extensive market research to ensure its products would resonate with customers in each region. From adjusting furniture sizes to match local apartment dimensions to offering region-specific designs and materials, IKEA adaptability played a crucial role in its global triumph. Another aspect that contributed to IKEA's global appeal was its innovative and immersive store experience. Unlike traditional furniture retailers, IKEA created a unique shopping environment that encouraged customers to explore and interact with the products. The stores were designed as inspirational showrooms featuring carefully curated room displays that showcased the endless possibilities of IKEA furniture and home accessories. Customers could stroll through Various theme sections envisioning how they could transform their own spaces with IKEA's offering. So of course, no discussion IKEA would complete the, uh, let's say, IKEA would complete the uh, without mentioning its famous catalogue. So as you might go inside the IKEA, they have a catalogue that you might look through it uh, and you might choose some products. For example, let's say uh, some furniture, let's say some sofa, some beds, some materials. And this was launched in 1951. The IKEA catalogue became a staple in households around the world, packed with beautifully styled rooms, practical solutions and irresistible prices. In 1951, this idea was pretty small and not so many people could believe something could be happening from IKEA, from a small Swedish company that might afford to be creating catalogue. As In the 1980s, Donald Ikea had already established itself as a household name in many parts of Europe. The company under the leadership of Ingvar Kamprad had successfully created a niche for itself by offering affordable, well-designed furniture to the masses. However, the 1980s would prove to be a pivotal decade for Ikea, as it embarked on ambitious expansion plans and further cemented its reputation as a design powerhouse. One of the defining characteristics of ideas IKEA's success in the 1980s was its unwavering commitment to innovative design. The company collaborated with the renowned designers both from Sweden and across the globe to bring fresh perspectives and new ideas to its product range. This collaboration resulted in the creation of iconic pieces that seamlessly blended from the, and function while embracing the distinct the Scandinavian design aesthetic. In 1984, IKEA introduced the Kleppan Pan sofa. Designed with esteemed Swedish designer Lars Enigman, the Kleppan, with its clean lines and versatile design became an instant heat, showcasing IKEA's ability to immerse styles and affordability. This iconic piece, like many others introduced during the period, exemplified the essence of IKEA's design philosophy, simple, practical and accessible to all. The 1980s also marked a significant expansion for IKEA beyond its European roots which in 1985, the IKEA store in the United States opened its doors in Philadelphia. This marked the pivotal moment for the company as it ventured into a vast and diverse market that presented with opportunities and challenges. So as a result, their approach to furniture retailing coupled with its affordable prices and modern design resonated with American cost consumers. They, with its sights set onto global domination, IKEA continued its expansion speed throughout the 1980s. Stores opened in countries such as Canada, Australia and Japan, solely fighting IKEA's status and blue face became a beacon of inspiration and a destination for those who were seeking affordable and stylish home furniture. In a cultural sphere, IKEA's influence began to extend beyond the real of furniture and design. The brand's distinctive aesthetic and affordability made it a symbol of a new and more democratic approach to home decor, which IKEA's product found their way into countries' homes reflecting a shift towards a more egalitarian and inclusive design ethos. The concept of IKEA hacking has also emerged during this time as creative individuals and designers customized and repurposed IKEA's furniture to suit their unique tastes and needs. As the 1990s began, IKEA was already a well-established brand with a yield following around the world. Building upon its success, the company set its sights on even more ambitious global expansion. New stores were opened around the world, including Spain, Italy, China, further solidifying the IKEA's position as a global reader. One of the most notable sustainability milestones for IKEA in the 1990s was its decision to phase out the use of ozone depleting substances in its products By prioritizing the use of environmentally friendly materials such as practical particle board made from recycled wood Ikea demonstrated its commitment to being a responsible corporate citizen. In addition to its sustainability efforts, Ikea continued to push the boundaries to design and innovate during the 1990s. So in the realm of marketing and advertising, Ikea continued to captivate audiences with its memorable campaigns. The company embraced the power of storytelling and humor to connect with consumers on an emotional level, whether it was the iconic laugh commercial which humorously depicted the emotional journey of a discarded lab or a start car, which showcased the excitement of IKEA's low prices. These advertisements became cultural phenomena and further cemented IKEA's place in popular culture. So, in the 1990s, also witnessed the introduction of IKEA's revolutionary concept, the IKEA Family. Which you have all seen the orange cars of IKEA Family it is a loyalty program which offered exclusive discounts, special offers, and other benefits. Twitch members uh, fostered a sense of community and loyalty among IKEA's customer base. The IKEA family program not only rewarded customers' loyalty, but also provided valuable insights into needs and preferences of its customers. And in the late 1990s, marked the turning point for IKEA as it embraced the opportunities presented by the Internet and embarked on its digital transformation journey. The company recognized the potential of e-commerce and launched its first-ever online spore- store in 1998, allowing customers to eventually move purchase products from comfort of their own homes to uh, reach catered changing preferences and shopping habits of consumers. So in addition to enhancing the in-store experience, IKEA continued to invest more in its digital presence in allied offerings, in providing customers with an extensive range of products and allowing them to access design inspirations. During this period, IKEA also sharpened its focus on social impact and community engagement. The company recognized its responsibility to contribute positively to society and implemented various initiatives to make a difference. In 2001, IKEA established the IKEA Foundation, a philanthropic organization dedicated to the, um, improving the rights and well being of children around the world. The foundation focused on initiatives related to education, healthcare, and sustainable livelihoods, making a significant impact in communities globally. Sustainability remained a core pillar of IKEA's business strategy even after Ingvar Kamprad. The company continued to invest more in renewable energy, utilizing solar panels, and turbines to power its uh, stores and reduce its carbon footprints. IKEA also emphasized the importance of resource conversions and waste reproduction, which implemented the recycling programs of promoting sustainable practices throughout its operation. In terms of products offerings, Ikea continued to innovate and expand its range, which the company collaborated with world-renowned designers and artists to create limited edition collections, bringing a touch of exclusivity and artistry to its product lineup. These collaborations allowed Ikea to attract a broader audience and inject a fresh creativity into its design. So in 2008, Ikea also introduced a groundbreaking initiative that would further solidify its commitment to sustainability and affordability. The company launched its IKEA PS collection, which aimed to create innovative, functional and sustainable products at an accessible price and emerging designers, highlighting IKEA's dedication to democratizing and good design. During this period, IKEA remained steadfast in its dedication to innovation. And the company continued to introduce new products and they combined fall. The company actively engaged with customers, encouraging and empowering them to adopt more sustainable lifestyle. Innovation and sustainability were not only areas where IKEA made significant strides during this period. The company also embraced the digital revolution and harnessed the power of technology to enhance the customer's experience. IKEA introduced online shopping platforms, mobile devices, the company also launched Augmented reality or AR application that enables customers to visualize how IKEA furniture and accessories would look in their own spaces, which is a pretty cool thing that not so many furniture the uh, furniture, let's say, uh, brands would do in this industry. In 2013, Ingvar Kamprad, the visionary founder of IKEA, made a decision to step down as CEO, passing the baton to a new generation of leaders under their guidance. IKEA continued to build upon its strong foundation and pursued new avenues and of growth. One of the key focuses during this period was expanding IKEA's global presence. The company opened new stores in various countries, including China, India and Russia, and UAE Saudi Arabia, among others. This expansion not only solidifies IKEA's position as a global leader in the home furnishing industry, but also allowed the brand to reach a broader customer base, bringing its unique combinations of affordability, design and sustainability. Furthermore, IKEA continued to innovate and adapt to new evolving needs and expectations of its customers, which the company embraced the growing interest in sustainable living and introduced a range of products and initiatives to support this lifestyle and energy-efficient lifestyle. IKEA's marketing campaigns remained highly engaging and memorable during this period, the company continued to utilize storytelling techniques, showcasing real-life scenarios and highlighting the transformative power of IKEA products. The campaigns emphasized the emotional connection between the individuals and their living spaces, positioning IKEA as a brand that understood and catered to the diverse needs and aspirations of its customers. In 2018, Enigvada in Kamprad, the visionary behind IKEA passed away at the age of 91. yet as an entrepreneur and innovator lived on inspiring generations to come. His commitment to affordability, design, and sustainability remain at the core of IKEA's values. Today, IKEA continues to be a global leader in the home furnishing industry known for its affordable, functional, and sustainable products. Since Ingvar Kamrad passing, the company has undergone a leadership transition with a new generation of leaders at the helm, Jesper Prodin, served as the leader transition with a new generation of leaders from 2017 until today as the CEO of Nike. Under than new leadership, IKEA remains um, committed to its core values while adapting to the changing demands and trends of the modern world. Sustainability remains a key focus for the company as it recognizes the urgent need to address environmental challenges and contribute to a more sustainable future. To achieve this goal, IKEA is investing heavily in renewable energy aiming to produce as much as renewable energy as it consumes in its stores and operations. IKEA is also dedicated to promoting circularity and reducing waste. The company has introduced initiatives such as a buyback program which allows customers to return used IKEA furniture in exchange for store credit. The returned items are then resold or recycled, reducing waste and extending the lifespan of products. In recent years, IKEA has further embraced a digital and e commerce as a part of its core values. And from the early years in Smaland, Sweden, to its expansion into countless countries worldwide, IKEA has consistently embraced innovation and customer centricity. The company's flat pack concept, self assembly furniture, and iconic blue and yellow stores have become synonymous with the IKEA experience. The brand has successfully created a unique shopping environment where customers can explore inspiring displays, indulge in switchy Swedish meatballs. And find solutions for every corner of their homes. Now, as a part of our episodes all the time, now we're going to see an interview of IKEA Group CEO Jesper Brody um, as like three or four minutes interview with the LinkedIn news. And then after that, we're coming back for the continue of the podcast. There's no
1: Swedish company that is as deeply entwined in our lives as IKEA. With 422 stores around the globe, it prides itself on being the world's largest furniture retailer. And the man leading it all, 51-year-old Jesper Broden. This gives me a chance to ask you, uh, Jesper, you were in a rock band, is that true? I, I am, actually. Yeah.
2: What do you play? In the latest band, I, I, I play guitar and I sing.
1: This unconventional rock star is leading a transformation of the global company. I met up with Broden in Midtown Manhattan, inside what he's calling the future of IKEA shopping—a very, very small apartment. This is a very tight space. I'm not sure if we're getting this yes. fully on camera.
2: It, I, I realize this is the first time we're having an interview in a in a, in a bathroom. In a, in a bathroom.
1: <laughs> You've talked about uh, IKEA being in the middle of its biggest transformation ever. Right.
2: Are these stores part of that? You can say. The two biggest transformations is about how do we get closer to our customers, which this is part of. And the other one is how do we become a completely sustainable company.
1: When you say getting closer to your customers, does that mean getting closer to them in terms of being able to deliver goods to them or have them come shop? Or are you talking about closer to be able to get feedback from them? What does that
2: mean? Actually, all of that. That's what what it's all about. We are today, um, uh, we're coming from a history where obviously we've had our store concept, our flagship stores, which provides everything a lot of competence, food, but also you can bring your stuff with you on the same day. And even in a digital age, that is uh, fairly radical. Mm -hmm. We are providing um, a digital accessibility to our customers, um, where we then, uh, wherever you are, whenever you basically want it, you should be able to shop much much easier. But also, even more important, you should be able to get our knowledge on storage, on uh, good sleeping, on living with kids uh, through digital. We say we try to be good at many things in life at home. And, yeah. and then um, three things we have really committed to, it's store and organize, it's um, living with children. Mm-hmm. This is the moment typically when you have a li- little money and a lot of needs. Right. And then it's about uh, living in small space. Uh-huh. I would say every, every big city today, you have, um, have that dilemma.
1: As Amazon, Alibaba, and others changed the way consumers shopped, IKEA increasingly looked like a dinosaur it was up to Broden to come up with a digital strategy. When you talk about this digitization push, this is something that is not new. We have seen for the last decade that Amazon increasingly shows that people are, you might have heard of this small Seattle company, uh, and the more that people get used to this idea of convenience, you get everything available, comes in two days. What has taken IKEA so long or why are you just making this big digital push now?
2: I think partly, you know, sometimes your own success becomes a bit um, of a thing that slows you down, maybe. Um, but I think we've been doing really well uh, over many years. So I, I think we could probably have started a bit earlier. But, but uh, uh, that doesn't matter uh, so much today. We're on it. We're um, doing two things digitally. We're behind the scene, basically reconstructing uh, our architecture, which goes back, typically for a big company, all the way back to the 70s. So, that spaghetti is being untangled right. to sort of a lasagna uh, for the future. And then at the same time, we started to invest in customer applications, uh, ways of um, opening up our um, uh, fulfillment uh, backbone digitally. And all of that is actually the biggest investment we do right now.
1: One of the other big changes that you are making at IKEA that comes from, I believe, from customer feedback is addressing sustainability and making sure that you are not just selling items but thinking about what the full life cycle is, what what a circular uh, life looks like for furniture.
2: The sustainability uh, transformation that we are into and that the world needs to be into is by far the the largest and it's moved from being something that is nice to do to something that is fundamentally going to be a survival factor for us as a company. This is a classical 50s design that we took back this uh, wood? It's actually bamboo. From a sustainability perspective, absolutely amazing, because just like grass, you actually cut it and it grows back up again. It's incredibly good for the soil, and then it grows uh, super quick. And then uh, we find a way to basically saw it and dry it together to a material that has the same uh, capacity as oak. So it's a hard wood kind of, but at a low cost.
1: So that's fascinating. This is yeah. essentially existential issue for yes, IKEA. It is and you can't charge more for it.
2: People are not going to pay a premium for sustainability. That is, a, that is, I think, a very snobbish uh, point of view. It goes for food,
0: it goes for home furnishing, it goes for uh, mobility. As we conclude this episode, it's clear that IKEA's impact goes beyond furniture and home decor. It has transformed the way they think about our living spaces, empowered us to be more conscious of our environment of food and encouraged us to embrace creativity and individuality in our homes. The IKEA experience has become a cultural phenomenon, influencing popular culture, inspiring countless memes and creating unforgettable memories. So whether you have spent hours navigating the eyes of an IKEA store, assembled a flat packed masterpiece or simply admired the brand's enduring influence, there is no denying the impact IKEA has had on our lives. It has become a symbol of accessible design, affordability and sustainability transcending borders and generations. As we eagerly anticipate the next chapter of IKEA's journey, one thing is certain, the brand's legacy will continue to shape the way we live and interact in our homes. Whether it's through innovative design and sustainable practices or social responsibility, IKEA will undoubtedly remain a beacon of inspiration for the years to come. I wanna thank you all for joining us on this remarkable exploration of IKEA's story and I want you to stay tuned for more episodes of Behind the Bar where we we'll uncover captivating stories of iconic brands that have shaped our world. Until then, remember to embrace the IKEA spirit where everyone has the opportunity to create a home that reflects their unique style and values. Remember, every story has a story and every story has a unique meaning behind it. I'm your host, Amir and I'm signing off from this episode and I hope you see you guys soon. Thank you. <laughs>